We are getting ready to bite some ankles. It is the heat wave continuing in the NFC North with the Lions, a team on the rise. Um, and if you want to be on the rise in fantasy, there is one way to do it. Download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It gives you every single tool you need to become your own expert, every single stat. We've been researching fantasy now for seven years at least. I've been doing this since college. Uh, it's just been we, – we know what goes into predicting good fantasy and having good information going into your drafts and during your season. And we put all that in an app, and it's yours for free. Go get it now. You have nothing to lose. And the reason why it's free is because of our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy who support the show. Thank you so much, so much. And they get extras. Um, the We have some surprise extras for you, actually. It's going to gonna twist the Broto world upside down. Uh, so in order to see what you can get, log on to patreon.com slash brotofantasy. But without any further ado, let's get into these lions because I can't wait to talk some fantasy. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. All right, so let's address the elephant in the room as soon as we can. Uh, first of all, I am joined, of course, by my co-host. A little bit of a mix-up today. Michael is out in, in France frolicking around in france doing his thing and so i've got we've got literally all of north america in the house coming to you live from mexico city is brodo ff casanova aka Cass, aka yo, the yo. mathemagician what's up what's up i'm ready and coming from you from up north canada wearing his vancouver grizzlies hat oh yes it is the lead writer the director of content and of course the Dynasty Don, Fantasy Encyclopedia himself, Matt Ward. What's up? Oh, man? man. What an intro. Yeah, you know, I, I'm feeling good today. Oh. And, uh, you know, maybe it's because I got these sunglasses on. And if you're watching on, fan, on YouTube.com slash uh, Fantasy, let's address this el- elephant in the room. <laughs> Look, I was playing ball, and I took an entire, like, an, a dude's entire thumb right into the <laughs> socket. I was going up for a, for a uh, rebound. I was going this way. He was coming this way. <laughs> I like felt it get fucked up. Anyway, I got a little cut on it now. Got a little cut on my retina, so I can't really see. And lights bother me. And this is very, it's very shocking for me because I don't, I don't mean to flex, but I have fantastic eyesight. Twenty fifteen vision. <laughs> twenty fifteen. You know what that even means? That's better yeah, than twenty twenty. Twenty fourteen. There you go. So Matt knows. See what up, Matt? I, see, I, we're we're brothers on another level too. Like we just get good eyesight, brothers. You see, it's and, basically just like for those that don't know, it's basically like you take that eye chart test at like 10 feet and it's being able to read the bottom line further than 10 feet back. Boom. I didn't even know that. I just knew 2015 feet. is better than 2020. Uh, and So I'm not used to this blurry shit and it's freaking me out. It's giving me headaches. Um, I drove today and I was like, like, I, I can drive. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's not that blurry. But I was also like, yo, I'm not yo, I'm not seeing the license plates. So that's that's weird. So it was uh, You're just the one eyed ninja, bro. It's all good. Yeah, man. So before I, that, that's why I'm wearing sunglasses. But I could also be wearing sunglasses because Detroit is hot right now, baby. If you, in this uh, crazy upside down world where Aaron Rodgers is no longer the the um, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, it is a new wide open NFC North. And believe it or crazy. not, yeah, it's the Detroit Lions. That are the ones 
that are the favorites in this division right now, according to Vegas. And it's all because of this guy, the, the ankle biter himself. Here is the offensive outlook for the Detroit, and it is head coach Dan Campbell coming into year three as well as offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Let's talk about Dan Campbell a little bit. Year three as Lions head coach. Uh, he has 25 years NFL experience, uh, NFL experience, 14 years as a coach, 11 as a tight end. Uh, in 2022, Campbell's Lions overcame a 1-6 start to finish 8-2 and two in the final 10 games of the season. Detroit finished with a 9-8 and eight overall record. They capped that off with a 20-16 wins to spoil the last game for Aaron Rodgers and keep them out of the playoffs. Uh, under Campbell's leadership in 2022, four Lion players were named to the Pro Bowl, Jared Goff, uh, their center, Frank Ragnall, their tackle, Penny Sewell, and their wide receiver, Amon Ra St. Brown, who <clears throat> I won't say anything, but was one of my hat hangers last year. <clears throat> and I totally nailed that one. <clears throat> uh, OC, Ben Johnson. Uh, this guy took the league by storm last year. Uh, if you watch Hard Knocks, you got good vibes from Ben Johnson, and he proved that why he got this job. Ben Johnson was promoted to offensive coordinator in 2022. Uh, he was he spent three seasons with many uh, coaching roles on the Lions staff. He came to Detroit in 2019, quality control coach, heavily involved in the passing game during the Lions' um, first season in Detroit. He helped establish a new culture offensively. You saw the offense take a giant McVay-esque jump you know, into, into modernness. Uh, the Lions ranked in the top five in several league categories uh, offensively, including total net yards, third. Total touchdowns scored, they were fourth. Fewest turnovers, first. Something to be uh, – it's hard for a team to repeat that two years in a row. Total points scored, fifth. Total games with 30 or more points on offense, they scored 30 or more times, eight, 30 or more points eight times, and they were absolutely under – they were really, really, really hard to beat at home. Uh, nine and eight record again, second in the NFC North, fifth in points per game, twentieth in pass percentage, sixteenth in run percentage. So pretty even, pretty league average there. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are gone in terms of their offensive weapons from last year, so they got to replace them, right? And how do they replace them? They bring in David Montgomery, who they're familiar with with the Bears. They draft rookie Jameer Gibbs with the 12th overall pick in this year's draft. And they draft rookie tight end Sam Laporta, who's been getting shining reviews uh, out of training camp. Um, so with that being said, I'm sorry for talking this long in a row, but I just happen to have quarterbacks on this episode. So I'm going to continue talking. Can I just hear Go for one, it. Say one word each? Say, say yeah, one word. I, I said, Go for it. That was what, my. What about you, Cass? Uh, okay. Go okay, now I, can, yeah. now I can go. <laughs> All right. So, look, I've made it very well known for those of you guys who have been watching, um, you know, my uh, watching the show and listening to the show that Jared Goff is one of my favorite quarterbacks right now because I feel like he was so overrated that people had unrealistic expectations for him. And then when he started to go back to what he really is, he became so unrelated because he couldn't reach those unrealistic expectations to the point where he was underrated. And he does not get enough credit for what he did on the Lions last season. We just went through how they were top 10 in the league in almost every offensive category. And they did that with, you know, not really any superstar names um, to ever be, really be talked about. Like there was, there was, Amon Ross St. Brown, but it must be noted that he's a young guy and he's a former fifth-round pick. He broke out this year. So he had no proven weapons going into the season, yet 
He completed the eighth most passes in the league. He had the eighth highest true throw value. He finished sixth in the league in passing yards, fifth in the league in passing TDs with 29. And you got to think about this, fifth in the league in passing TDs, and his running back ran for 17 of those bad boys. All right, so maybe even more opportunities for TDs this year. Uh, ninth in yards per game, eighth in yards per attempt. He was completing the deep ball, 10th in deep completion percentage, and and second overall in quarterback big plays. So this is a guy who played lights out football last year and does not get enough credit. And I don't think that, look, in a two-quarterback lead, if you're playing the super flex, I think Jared Goff is a fantastic QB2 option. Um, I think he's going to be on the borderline. I have him ranked right now on the borderline of QB1. Um, could be there, could not be. I'm not telling you to draft him and redraft. So what we care about, if you're doing a classic redraft, is can he carry these receivers, right? Because Jamison Williams is going to be added to the outside. You want Alvin Ross and Brown to, to repeat. You have high hopes for J Jameer Gibbs. So is he enough? Well, in the years he was with the Rams, even when Tom Gurley, Gurley was setting records, he always carried fantasy wide receivers. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Tanyan. Those those four players. Three, I'm not I'm sorry, not Robert Tanyan. Um uh what's the what's his the the Tyler, uh, Tyler Higby. Higby, excuse me. Tyler Higby. Three of those four always finished as wide receiver 24 or tight end 12 or better every season with Goff and McVay. So like it's Jared Goff every single season, even with a great running game, has supported these wide receivers because he has the prowess to do that. So that makes me feel a lot better about this Detroit offense. Uh, it seems as though Ben Johnson has unlocked um, what he does. So, yeah, I think Jared Goff, you know, you're not drafting him, but I, I believe in him enough to carry these offensive weapons. So let's talk about these offensive weapons um, already because one of the most interesting things to figure out is right now Jameer Gibbs as we speak, is on a skyrocket ADP path. Like, he went from, in the beginning to the summer, like, seventh, eighth round pick, to now he's being drafted in, in maybe the beginning of the third round. Some people are reaching for him. He, like, respected people I know in the industry are taking him Should in the be third. Higher. In the th and Matt does not is not shy to say that. So let's get into these running backs because David Montgomery's there. What can we expect, expect from these guys? Yeah, I mean, Jameer Gibbs right now is ADP consensus sleeper, ESPN, Yahoo. Yeah, it's still early, and this is why you draft early, because it's RB15, 36 overall, so just like Tim said, right in that third round, it, it should be higher. He should be going ahead of, like, he has RB1 upside. Absolutely, he should be drafted in the top 10 running backs this year. You don't see rookie running backs with his type of profile get drafted that high and not perform immediately unless they're complete outlier busts and i don't think that jameer gibbs is going to fit that outlier profile career collegiate total of 13.1 percent target share uh 118.2 qb rating when targeted 103 career receptions 1212 yards eight receiving touchdowns 84 percent catch rating ran 10.8 percent of his routes from the slot and 15.1 routes uh, out wide as like a true wide receiver in college Average 1.6 yards per route run in college, forced 104 missed tackles across three seasons in the ACC and SEC because he played for Georgia Tech as well before transferring to Alabama. Like the kid is 
as good as it gets when you talk about the Konami code, like running backs that can truly break fantasy with his receiving upside. And he's an incredible runner as well. And, and a student of the game created 1292 yards after contact with 3.6 yards after contact on rush attempts and 4.17 yards after contact per touch. So he, like he should, he has the best receiving profile of any running back I've ever seen. Like just period. He has the best receiving profile of any running back prospect I've ever seen. And you don't draft a guy 12th overall to not immediately utilize his utility. And Tim set me up perfectly because like, look at the way that Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell have unlocked this offense and really started to create. Yeah. It's also on the back of them not having a top tier defense. Obviously um, you look at how high their offense was last season and their defense essentially mirrored it in bottom 10 in all categories, but they didn't necessarily go out and improve that much in the draft. Yes. They got Jack Campbell early but it they lost Jeff Akuda as well they lost some big pieces so they're still going to need to put up a bunch of points and they're going to pass a lot and I think that David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are essentially like a supercharged version of what they had last season and go back to the Eagles episode in the archive just a few episodes before this heat wave episode and DeAndre Swift was still putting up incredible ridiculous per touch efficiency numbers even though he was falling off a little bit in overall production because of the injuries and the games missed, but still incredible efficiency numbers because this is one of the best offensive lines in the league, like bar none. And Jameer Gibbs is at a point where he just has to exist. Like that offense is going to go through him. Oh, wide receivers will cover in a second, but Jamison Williams is going to miss six games, potentially more because he's been getting injured in practice and punching people in the face. Uh, so, you know, who knows with Jamison Williams? We do know with Amon Ross St. Brown, and we do know that, Every running back in NFL history that's been drafted in the top 15 picks has seen an opportunity share at a ridiculous pace as a rookie. Tim, you're muted. Uh, there you're you both go. Muted. So, there you you go. know what? I'm going to keep going muted. because only three running backs in NFL history have been selected in the top 20 that own multiple collegiate seasons with a receiving market share of 10%. That's Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Reggie Bush. Oh boy. Like that's as elite company of Konami code running backs. as it gets. And he's got more than double the collegiate career market share of all three of those players listed above at 21.7%. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really that in on Jameer Gibbs. I thought he was being reached for before Matt just like literally switched my mind. I'm going to have to move Jameer Gibbs up in my rankings like four spots just because of what you said. I think, yeah, like I think honestly, RB, I'm going to probably settle around RB9, RB10. Whoa. 2023 season. Whoa. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. It's the same, Love it's it, the same logic. Legit. It's the same logic. The only the only thing that worries me is, is David Montgomery. So what's your outlook on him uh, this year? Because is he's being drafted right now as a low-end RB2. Um, you know, I get it. But at the same time, David Montgomery is one of the most inefficient running backs in like backs in like history. Like this guy is just straight up. Like if I have to go into the inefficiencies that he has 39th in points per opportunities, um, excluding touchdowns, 50th in the league in yards per carry, 32nd in true target value. Like this is not a guy who's who's like jumping off the page in any way during his entire career. That's just what he's been. It does. He play a role is, do you think he's more of a spellback or do you think it's more Jameer gives the pass catcher and David McCarney between the tackles? 
Yeah, I think we could see a little bit of that Jamal Williams vulturing for sure. Obviously, we know that these coaches like to kind of run that system. They they like to put their bigger back inside of the five. And, and you saw that last season to an incredible success rate. So I don't think they're going to really change from that much. But as you said, man, Montgomery's been laughably inefficient over the past two seasons. Like, And, and yeah, you know, make sure you tune in for these dynasty stashes because we knew about Khalil Herbert. But part of it was because of just how bad David Montgomery is. Like it was really obvious to see any running back that has athleticism and talent take over a meaningful role and, and absolutely Khalil Herbert did that and yeah ranked 52nd in points per opportunity and 52nd in points per opportunity excluding touchdowns over the past two seasons it provides examples just of how touchdown and volume dependent he is he's not going to get that volume that the Bears were giving him in Detroit yes more of a spellback you could say yes certainly might vulture some touchdowns but Jameer Gibbs viability also doesn't rely on David Montgomery existing as the early downer bruising back he's so much more than that it really is just insane receiving upside insane incredible speed like Jameer Gibbs was the second fastest running back in the 2023 class he's it's in it's incredible how perfect of a prospect this kid is but because he weighed 199 pounds at combine and I'm sure he weighs more than that now people were trying like trying to discount him and the good news with even Montgomery existing is they were incredibly effective with two running backs at like almost every point of Dan Campbell's tenure. And I know it's been a short one, but there's always been two viable running backs in the system. Even when it was like Craig Reynolds popping up when somebody was hurt, like and Gibbs and Montgomery are certainly an upgraded version of, I think the exact attack we saw in 2022. So you could see some viability from David Montgomery, but it's Jameer Gibbs show. And I think 12th overall draft capital tells us all we need to know about that. I also think that David Montgomery, uh, I, I mean, I mentioned his, his inefficiencies already, but I think it should be also noted that a lot of people are just kind of talking about David Montgomery as if he's going to take Jamal Williams' role and he's just going to, you know, get all the touchdowns. Just like Jamal, Jamal Williams might Williams very did. well be better than David Montgomery ever was. Oh, I, and I think 100% by the goal line. In yeah. David Montgomery's career, uh, it's, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been good. You know, at the goal line, he's been stuffed multiple times. He's he hasn't he does not have a good percentage at the goal line. He's not a goal line back. Never has been. He's not even like big enough to be a goal line back. So I don't I like Jamal Williams a lot more than him. I, I think that's 17 rushing touchdowns from a guy is just not going to happen this year. I, I just I, I I'm staying away from David Montgomery if I can. And I think I can. Um, one guy that it's hard to stay away from because he's the man is, you know, I'm going to Ross Brown. Uh, I will say this. Again, pat myself on the back for calling him on the wrong last year. But I will say this about him. This year he's going very high. So it's just like, all right, you got Amon Ross St. Brown, but then you got these expectations now where this is the first time he's he's running with these expectations. Does that make you uncomfortable in drafting him? Right now he's going around wide receiver nine. Does that make you uncomfortable in drafts to get him? Does that make you are you still taking your shot at him there? Are you comfortable going with Amon Ross St. Brown? into most likely the season as your wide receiver one. And if you are going in as your, his, as your wide receiver two, that means that you're punting running backs a little bit. Are you comfortable making that sacrifice? What do you think, Cass? Uh, I actually am. Because uh, if you look at the wide receiver depth chart for the Lions, it's Amon Ross, St. St. Brown, and uh, everybody else. You know, So there's a very clear distinction. It's just him and a bunch of, I don't want to say it like that, but like mediocre level wide receivers. Uh, no disrespect to them, but that that's just the way it is. Like 14, 13 target share wide receivers versus uh, 26.6 that Amon Ra had last year. That's just like clear number one wide receiver on the rest. 
And I think the hype is warranted. He was wide receiver 10 in points per game last season. And he's going around wide receiver 10 this season. I don't see why not. He could at least give you the value that he is uh, supposed to have according to ADP. And I do think there is room for improvement. He's like, what, his third season now? So it's just like he's just getting started. There is a lot of room for improvement. I think he, we've seen some great stuff from him. So if he's going around the same production he got, we got from him last season, why not take a chance on him and 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 bank on him being your wide receiver one for the season? Even he could be your wide receiver two. He's going in the second round right now. So it's I'm very much into Amon Ra right now. Are you worried about Jameson Williams and what's your take on Jameson Williams when he does come back after suspension week seven? I mean, by that point you already have uh, like already have the season gone. So you, I'm, that's not something I'm worrying about on draft night necessarily. Like okay. you have so much stuff happens from week one to seven that I, like in my mindset is just figure it out. I'll figure it out when the time comes right now. It's not, if it was four weeks, maybe you think about it, but seven weeks into the season draft night, it's almost an afterthought, you know? Uh, in that time, however, before he comes back from suspension, Marvin Jones is interesting. Not necessarily someone you want to have, but like the wide receiver two for the Lions had uh, some nice bump games last season. Like even uh, Josh Reynolds or Khalif Raymond had some like usable weeks. This is more like a best ball thing because it was kind of random when they were going to have those weeks. But you just had that bump, like some wide receiver one, even wide receiver two weeks for the, uh, these guys. And the addition of Marvin Jones, I think he becomes that guy. He's going way late. He's going like round 22 plus right now in draft. So if you can get him that late in, in best ball, that's someone I'm targeting super late. Other than that, no, I'm not super worried for him on Raw this season based on, on Jameson. I feel like it might be Josh Reynolds. I'm going to be interesting to see how that plays out in preseason and see who's taking those because – it's really who's not taking those snaps because if right yeah. you know if Marvin Jones is taking those snaps then it's probably not a good sign um yeah it's probably not a good sign but same He's thing for been Josh on the Lions though and and they brought him back you know and and he goes uh, actually from uh, a worse uh quarterback in TTV so like Lawrence had a, a worse TTV last season than uh, Jared Goff and he has a higher target percentage and a higher points per game oh sorry not points per game but like target percentage than Josh Reynolds and the rest of the wide receiver room because you have like what Mims, Khalif Raymond, and uh, the rookie Antoine Green. And yeah, I'm, I'm not super banking on that. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, either way, you're not gonna. It's no, it's a shot. Don't. You're taking a shot in the dark. It's a be, more of a best ball uh, thing. But I do think Jamison Williams is interesting when he comes back because they have a huge void at that number one outside wide receiver, and Jamison Williams has been dominant in. Many levels of collegiate play, so I, I want to see him on a field already. In one level, <laughs> I mean, two teams, two teams, right? I mean, that's, I that was like kind of my point. He was, he was so not good in Ohio that he had to transfer to Alabama. You can't say he's so not good when, like, all right, he's got a I mean, win. He literally had like, like 190 yards and in, in 18 catches. In I know he's playing behind Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, the kind Jackson of Smith and Jim Bob. He he wasn't at that level. So he's not he he's not as good as those guys. Succeed with Nick Saban. He's not as good as those those guys. But once he goes to Alabama, he's a first round pick. I think that there's something to be said about that. He excites me. Someone who, a, a rookie that excites a lot of people is Sam Laporta. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, what is there to say that I haven't already said about these tight ends? I think, you know, don't do it. Um, 
Just don't do it. Don't draft a rookie tight end because, look, I, when you're drafting a rookie tight end, right, when you're drafting a, a Sam Laporta, you're trying to find a diamond in the rough, right? So you have to look at what's happened in the past. And we've told you clearly enough, do not draft any rookie tight ends. We've told you that very clearly on many occasions to the point where the unicorn fourth overall pick, highest tight end ever taken ever in the draft, we told you not to take him, and it was a good idea. Um, let, but let's give you an idea of what – let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about in terms of this. So last season, Dallas Goddard was tight end 12. He scored 141 PPR points, right? Gross. So you want Sam Laporta to at least match or be better than that. Since 2010, only five rookie tight ends have passed that mark in PPR points, and two of those tight ends – played for the same team, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, and they ran in a unicorn offense that will probably never be run again unless unless Mike Kosicki and Hunter Henry go crazy this year. Um, but as I've mentioned before, tight end 12 is just not good enough, right? You want a tight end six or better coming out of the draft unless you just plan to, to you know, recycle stream. tight ends, stream tight ends. Last year was a down year for tight ends. Right, last year was a down down year. Not a single one, not a single tight end would have been in the top five tight ends last year. The best rookie tight end season ever would not have been in the top five tight ends last season in a down tight end year. Stay away from rookie tight ends. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know how many more times I could say it. And I don't know how many ways I could say it. And there's people on X or Twitter or whatever it's called that that are like, are you telling me to stay away from blah, blah, blah just because he's a rookie? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, I am. Sometimes it comes down to that. Like, yo, just don't do it. If Sam Laporta ends up being tight end three, I will do something crazy. Like I will shave my <laughs> entire body live on camera. How about that? Chug a bottle of hot sauce? I, chug I don't know if people want to see that, bro. But... Listen, listen, I'm, I'm Papa. Okay? I'm Papa. <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's go into this Dynasty stash because we let's last in, in the last couple of in the last couple of episodes, Matt, we've missed the Dynasty stash. We don't want to act like we're, we're experts where we're not, right? And that's one of the reasons why Matt, among the other thousand reasons, why Matt is so valuable to this franchise because Matt has that expertise, right? Max can go get that ball, the long ball. Matt, who's the long ball you're going for at Dynasty Stash? Again, rosters that are this consolidated are hard to find, like, cheap Dynasty Stashes on. Everybody knows who the rosterable players is. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs exiting rookie drafts with 100% rostership in all Dynasty leagues. But guys that I like on this roster just to, like, stash around when you have free roster spots and taxi spots to, to fill are Hendon Hooker and Muhammad Ibrahim. And I'll, and I'll talk about both of them a little bit lions really don't have any commitment it's fairly minimal like you can cut them for free um to jared goff beyond the 2024 season and they're not really going to finish low enough in the standings to ensure a franchise quarterback in the draft either they'd have to move mountains to do so and they've already you know traded up um and wasted some future draft capital to get the team that they have now hen and hooker's not going to play at all this season like even if he 
shines um, in, in practice when he does recover from the ACL. Um, I don't know if he'll ever see contact in practice this season. He's going to sit behind Goff. He's going to learn. He's also going to enter his 26th year on earth before he ever sees an NFL snap. So it's a long shot. He's an outlier. But with that said, there's always a viable path to value swings for starting quarterbacks in the NFL when you play in super flex leagues. And Mohamed Ibrahim, he's going to need an injury to one of the Lions lead backs. There's there's no denying that, if not both of them, uh, for him to find any relevance. But with that said, as I was mentioning in the running back breakdown, David Montgomery has dealt with injuries. He's dealt with inefficiencies. He's dealt with Khalil Herbert, who was a fifth round draft pick, essentially wiping him off the face of the planet. And Gibbs is not really built for the goal line role, although he has incredible between the tackle efficiency stats as well, despite being supposedly undersized. And Muhammad Ibrahim's built like a hammer, uh, a goal line hammer, and a five foot eight, two hundred fifteen pounds. Had really good production in Minnesota. Doesn't have the best comps, but he's a brick house, and he runs with mean intentions and an aggressive north south style. I like him to take over that goal line role if Montgomery continues to be David Montgomery. You're all muted. Both yeah, you're muted again, my boy. Silence. We did it again. Come uh, on, yeah, guys. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, I once taught a kid named Muhammad Ibrahim. Also a brick no house. Way. Also, yeah, I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I taught in the South. I taught in the South Bronx. Yeah, lots of yeah. Muhammads, right, lots of sense. Ibrahims. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's a very popular name yeah. out there. Um, but Muhammad's with that the being most said. name in the world. Okay, McLovin. facts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, I'm at Brodo FF Tim. I'm at Brodo FF Casanova. At Brodo F, uh, at Psychward FF. At Brodo FF Mike. At FF by Brodo. At Brodo Fantasy. BrodoFantasy.com. YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. We are going to see you next time. Who do you guys want to do next in this division? Packers. Packers? Yeah. All right. He's at it. See you guys. All right. Tomorrow. Let's do it.